Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for the Bella Spree Radio Show with your host, Gina Wedlake. Join us every week on Bella Spree Radio as we allow you to get up close and personal with our professional diamond psychics, healers, and columnists. Plus, we'll feature the very best of Bella Spree Magazine. Call us right now for a live on-air reading at 718-664-9091. That's 718-664-9091. We also invite you to join us in our chat room to share your thoughts. You may also visit us online at bellaspree.com. That's Bella, B-E-L-L-E-S-P-R-I-T.com. And now, here's your host. Gina Wedlake. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Bellis Free Radio Network and the Bellis Free Radio Show. I want to thank you again for taking the time to tune in and listen to us tonight. This show is about Bellis Free Magazine, our Bellis Free Diamond Psychics and Healers, and the columnists who contribute to the magazine's content. Each week, we focus on one of our team members to help you to learn more about their specialty and to get to know them better. My name is Lisa Nolan Chalofsky. I'm here with my husband, Patrick. Hi, everybody. And we are your guest hosts for tonight's show. We are in for the beautiful Gina Wedlake, who is still taking care of some personal matters, but I do promise you she is going to be coming back. And I am also a Bella Bella Spree Diamond Psychic and a columnist. You can visit my website at lisanolan.com. I have a Facebook fan page at Lisa Nolan Psychic Medium, or you can follow me on Twitter at EarthAngel913. All right, folks, now we've got an amazing show tonight, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, our guest is Janet Roper, and she is the founder of Talk to the Animals. Uh, she is a world-renowned animal communicator, Reiki II practitioner, animal advocate, and author, Her focus within animal communication is strengthening and nurturing the animal-human bond, something we all uh, can learn from for sure. And working from the stance of relationship with animals instead of power over animals. She's created and produced numerous podcasts and has been featured in a number of news articles and appeared on radio shows. Janet is cheerfully owned and managed by two cats, one dog, and one best horse. Janet has also created and produced numerous podcasts and has been featured in a number of news articles and appeared on radio shows. She's a co-author of the teleseminar package, Opening the Door to Animal Communication, a guide to learning animal communication, and is a contributing author to the book Angel Horses, Divine Messengers of Hope by Linda and Alan Anderson. So visit her on her website, and I promise you it's a really, really fun and informative website, and it's talktotheanimals.net. That's talk, the number two, theanimals.net. To learn more, or email talktotheanimalsradio at gmail.com. So welcome, Janet. Thank you so much for having me on, Patrick and Lisa. This is going to be so much fun, and what a delight to be talking to you tonight. Oh, we are so excited and giddy. I'm just this is one of my favorite topics. 
I think when we're talking about animal communication, at least from my point of view, it is kind of a giddy topic because there's so much fun, so much enjoyment, and it's so freeing to admit, first of all, that we can hear the animals, and second of all, that they do want to connect with us. Yes, absolutely. You know, so what exactly is animal communication for those people who are new to this this idea? You know, if you think of Dr. Doolittle and how he would connect with the animals and see what was going on and just have a conversation, that oh, is yeah. animal communication. Now, the way I look at it, technically speaking, uh, so to speak, is that I'm actually using my intuition to tune into the animals. Um, so when I'm saying animal communication, I may not be hearing it in words. I may be getting gut feelings. I may be seeing pictures. I may be having emotional feelings or physical feelings, or I maybe getting colors okay but that is the way the animal is communicating their message to me at that moment in time well do certain animals uh communicate in certain ways like do insects have colors and mammals have pictures anything like that is there any uh standard kind of pattern to that you know, Patrick, that's an excellent question and none that I've noticed. What I have noticed, and actually um, in my practice, I'd say I've noticed this like 101%, and my horse, Shiloh, who is also one of my guides and my spirit teacher and um, one of my teachers for animal communication, says that um, the animals connect through the door that is most open to them to get to us. So regardless of species, okay, um, they're going to connect in the way that we are most open to receive. Now, with me, most of the time I get words because I'm an extrovert and I'm a wordy person. And the animals know, because they're already connected into us, Patrick, they're, they already know the best way to connect with us, okay? Um, the second way I get the information is through pictures, and then the third way is through physical or emotional feelings. That's the way I get the information. But, you know, animals can communicate with you, connect with you in your dreams, as a matter of fact, um, animals do not connect with me through dreaming, and I find that very interesting, and I'm very jealous when people say, oh, I dream of the animals. I'm going, darn, I can't do that. They're not connecting <laughs> with me that way. <laughs> and I've had other folks tell me that the animals connect with them through music, which I just love, being a musician. And I'm also jealous of that because the animals don't connect with me usually in that way. But the thing to remember is no matter how the animals are connecting with us, whether it's dreams, whether it's um, our imagination, and I, I don't mean imagination the way we usually mean the word. I mean imagination as the door, um, the open door that connect with us, whether it's through our imagination, whether it's through dreams, whether it's through music, whether it's through words, that's how they have found the easiest way to connect with us and the, most way, uh, the best way that we are receptive to hearing them. Well, that's interesting because uh, personally I believe that imagination, when we use our imagination, we are tapping into our higher selves or our, our spirit guides, forms of divine inspiration. I agree with you on that. 101%, absolutely. I think imagination is much under your, what's the word I want, under utility, underused, underaccepted, yeah. you know, because people will say it's just your imagination. Well, it's mm -hmm. actually another way of taking in information, you know, that not everybody can do or wants to do. Yeah, that's amazing. No. Mm -hmm. Now, um, 
we found that, you know, as humans, we're not always tuned into our psychic abilities, but it seems okay. like the animals, they're, they always are looking. I mean, they're, they're just sitting there waiting for us to tap in, waiting for us to communicate. They're always turned on and, and wanting to have that two-way communication. Do you find that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like I like to say, I think sometimes we humans are the last ones to get on the bandwagon. We carry the most resistance because we are the ones who get stuck in our brain the most. And by that, I mean the left brain, where we feel like we have to analyze everything, where we feel that we have to experience everything in a certain way in order for it to be real. And the animals are just there open to the connection that we were born with, that we had as children, and going back hundreds and millions of years that we did so naturally when we connected with the animals because they were just part of our family back then. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think we're in a time that – go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead, honey. Um, I think we're at a time now where people are thirsting to really make that reconnection with the animals, and it's not really learning something new. It's remembering something that is in our DNA, that is born within us, and it's remembering that and accepting it and then just kind of going out and doing it and see what your friendly neighborhood squirrel wants to tell you. Exactly. That's right. You know, and and as you have on your website, you Animals aren't just horses. They're, you're not just talking about cats and dogs. You're talking about insects, all different types of, you know, creatures in the animal kingdom. Exactly. Um, and that's a very good point because most people, when they think of animal communication, they think of using it with their domesticated animals, uh, the, the animal family that they're living with because they want to solve a problem or they want to find out what's going on or maybe there's a training issue, Okay. But actually, animal communication can be used with all animals. I mean, you can even think of an amoeba. Now, I've never talked to an amoeba before just because I haven't. But, you know, that's going to be (laughs) one of the things I'm going to be doing in the future because, you know, why not? Why not talk to your friendly amoeba? (laughs) Um, And also with insects. Um, Is it okay if I share a story with you? Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, About four years ago, I was selling my house. And, you know, getting it up ready for show and having it staged and having work done on it and everything, getting ready for the first showing. And I was a nervous wreck, okay? I had to make sure the cats were in place, had to make sure my dogs were with me and all this good stuff. And I do this one last walk through the house to make sure everything was perfect like the realtor had asked me to do. And I walked in by the fireplace, <laughs> and I am not exaggerating, there was a puddle of ants there, <laughs> Oh, no. And I'm just going, oh, no. And they literally were not there like a half hour ago, the last time I was in that room. I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. And so it's like, okay, Janet, I'm talking myself through this now. Calm down. You're an animal communicator. You can handle this. Took a few deep breaths, and then I talked to them, and I explained to them what was happening. And I say, I understand that you came in the house, and, you know, that's fine. I want to find out why later, but for right now, you know, it's fine. We'll just deal with it. I said, but what I need to do for right now is I need to sweep you up as gently as I can um, and put you back outside. So here I am just minutes before the open house down on my hands and knees with this uh, very soft brush, okay, and I'm sweeping them into the dustpan just as easily, and I'm talking to them, and I'm being as calm as I can. Now, I want to point out, too, it was not only 
my words, so to speak, that they were uh, tuning into. It was the emotion behind the words. They were tuning oh, into my okay. calmness and that I was trying to do the best for them. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got them all outside, and I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm sorry I had to do this. We'll talk later. Got the dogs in the car, took off. Uh, the uh, realtor came in. And so I guess, you know, the open house went well. Came back a couple hours later, and I said, you see any ants in the house? He goes, no, why would you even ask that? I'm going, well, that's really interesting. And I told him about where all the ants were, and I showed him and everything. And then we went on the other side outside, the other side of the wall outside, and we looked, and all the ants had left. And they oh, never wow. came back again. Oh, darn. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I think so many times um, – we humans think we're at the top of the food chain or the totem pole or whatever you want to call it, that we forget that we are in relationship with our sentient uh, siblings, our, our you know, relations, our siblings. And so we start to order them around and you do this because of that, da, 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 da. But, you know, there's a, they've got a point of view too. And so it's yeah. us not only tuning into them, but listening, and I mean listening with your whole heart, okay, and your whole mind to their point of view and then working to become a win-win for both species. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's one of my favorite stories. Well, we're just, it seems like we're trained to kill a mouse or kill a fly or, you know, something, a vermin, you got to set a trap or poison or yep. something like that. But once we start realizing that all these things have consciousness and they have a right to exist and they're all doing their job and they're contributing to the experience that we're having here, it makes it impossible to just kill without conscience. Yeah. Well said, Patrick. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I uh, was working part-time at the local hardware Hanks here in town. And it was really an interesting experience because, believe me, I know nothing about hardware. <laughs> and I don't even know how I got the job. But anyway, I got the job, and I'm working in a hardware store, which was kind of funny. And um, in the area that I live, everybody except me is a hunter. And so the guys would be talking about where they're going hunting that night. And what I would do is I would tune into the animals in the area where they were going hunting, and I would say, look, guys, you know, talking to the animals, look, these guys are going to be hunting there's going to be hunters there. You need to be aware of that, and you need to take care of yourselves, okay? And so I can't tell you how many times this happened, that the guys would come into the store the next day, hey, and I'd say, hey, how did the hunting go? There weren't any animals there. And oh. I literally had to turn my back, especially the first couple times that happened. I literally had to turn my back, and you know, so I wasn't giggling in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So how in the world did you ever get started or know that you had the ability to communicate with animals? Well, you know, it's something I've done my entire life. Um, I grew up an only child. I was very protected. I was very sensitive. And, you know, of course, my, my folks, out of love and out of compassion and out of wanting to do the best for me, were saying things like, don't tell the neighbors you're talking to the squirrel. They're going to think you're nuts. Okay, it's just like, okay. <laughs> so that eventually got squashed down in me. But it's really funny because I can remember my mom saying, oh, my God, you would just talk to a fence post if I would let you do that. And that's the truth. I would, okay. 
So um, as I grew older, I squashed that part down, ignored it, um, went to college, became a musician. At one point in my life, decided I really wanted to uh, develop my left brain and become an attorney. That was not a good situation, let me tell you. So I got out of my left brain pretty quick, uh, went back and studied some music, and then um, I happened to adopt a dog, and this was back, I want to say in early 2000, okay? Adopted a dog from the um, Humane Society, and when I went there, I immediately walked in, and this was before I really got into animal communication. I had done some work on intuition and, you know, reading some of the psychic books and that kind of stuff, some of the astrology books, but never really developed the intuition and certainly not animal communication. But I walked into the um, Humane Society there, and there was this lovely dog, okay? He was just as fat and as dirty as I don't know what. He had the biggest smile on his face. And he had a little puppy literally attached to his tail. And this dog was taking the little puppy around for, you know, like a sled ride on his tail. And it was just the cutest little thing I ever saw. And I walked in and said, that's my dog. And then my left brain immediately kicked in and said, no, 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 you have to ask questions here. So, okay, fine, I'll ask the questions. So I asked all the standard questions, why is he here, blah, 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 blah. And does he pee or poop in his kennel? And the answer was, no, he does not pee or poop in his kennel. He keeps it very clean. All right, he's my dog. So I took him home and renamed him Teddy and got him on a diet, had him vet checked and all that good stuff, and really worked with him. And you know what? It's so true. He did not pee and poop in his kennel, and the rest of the house was just fair game. I oh. would come home, and there was pee all over the house. There was poop all over the house. And I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do here. So Teddy was eight years old when I adopted him, so my first thought was that it was um, a physical thing. So I got him into the vet, and they're going, oh, no, he's really healthy for how how old he is. And I'm going, okay, well, that's good news, but it's not good news because I wanted, you know, a reason for this. (laughs) And so I called a trainer who worked with me, and she was basically, and, you know, trainers do have their place. Do not get me wrong on that. But this trainer was not a good match for me and Teddy because she was saying everything was my fault. And I'm going, well, help me understand how to fix it then. You know, so we just didn't connect. And so, therefore, um, Teddy was going without a trainer, even though he was trained. He knew his tricks and he knew how to come and all that good stuff, okay? Um, So then, literally, one day, I'm sitting in front of the fireplace getting ready to build the fire here in Minnesota. And this ad for Animal Communicator falls in my lap face up, right, so I can't help but see it. (laughs) And it was for a communicator in my area. So I'm going, what the heck? I've tried everything else. I might as well call an animal communicator because I don't know what else to do. (laughs) So I did. And she came to the house, and she worked with me and Teddy. And as she's working with Teddy, um, I realized, my gosh, that's what I do. That's how I connect with animals. And so she not only helped Teddy, you know, with his peeing and pooping and everything and keeping the house clean, um, but she helped me realize what I was called here to do. So that's how I got into animal communication. And just to um, finish off the story real quick is that um, Teddy lived to be 17 years old. He kept the house clean, yep, every day, you know, for the rest of his life, literally until the day he died. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was just an amazing connection that we had. Aww. You know, so what are your thoughts on this? Can can anyone connect intuitively with their animals? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the great thing about it is you don't have to 
Oh, you don't have to have all the, if you want to call it schooling or knowledge, you know, to do it. It's just if you believe in the possibility and if you want, boom, the animals are there. And they're going to help you, like you guys were saying earlier. Now, what when people connect with animals, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll call it, um, oh, it's just a coincidence or it's just, you know, a hunch, something like that. So they're belittling the, not belittling the information, but belittling the fact that the information came to them and that they understood it. Right. Right. So it's really important when people are connecting with the animals, if you're connecting with your dog and you're seeing um, an empty water bowl, for example, in your mind's eye, it's like, okay, why why am I seeing this picture of an empty water bowl? Well, go check the water bowl, okay? And one of the things that I find absolutely delightful is that um, when you're working with the animals, okay, and when you're receiving information from them, and like I said earlier, it can be through words, it can be through pictures, it can be through dreams. So however you receive that information, if you don't get something, you can always ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, I'm not getting what you're, what you're meaning by this. Can you clarify it for me? Yeah. Can you give me some more information here? Can you help me understand? So what are your thoughts on, so, and I'm just going to bring up something with myself. We have two dogs now, and and when I met Patrick, he had a poodle named Chowder. Now, poodle has, has very quickly become, I'll say, my dog, and we have mm-hmm. what I would call, well, Patrick calls it a very sick relationship, <laughs> where we just... We're we're always together. He's you know literally if I lay down on the couch, he's like laying on my head. He he just cannot be close enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes I feel like I hear him. You know, I'm a medium, I'm a psychic, but I still don't claim to be an animal communicator. But sometimes I feel like I just I know there is so much love radiating out of this little oh, yeah, absolutely. You just yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, I you know, go with that. You know, he's just so. But when we leave, so I have, you know, when I leave the house, I'm always making over him. Well, we'll be back in a little bit. So when is it good to like really make over a dog? And 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 what do you recommend like so when you develop that attachment with a four legged, and you're going to need to leave them home for a little while? Do you have any recommendations on how to separate yourself? from the house and have it not be a problem for them or the two-legged that's leaving. (laughs) I like the way you phrase that. And let me just say that sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes it's the two-leggeds having the problems, not the four-leggeds. Well, and I'm bringing it up because it's me. (laughs) Well, and, you know, because we're feeling guilty. and Oh, my gosh, is is the dog going to miss me? Um, Is he going to be bored? What's he going to do while I'm gone? gone? Is he going to feel like I've um, abandoned him? You know, just all of these things of guilt can ride through our minds. Um, So a couple things on that. First of all, I would not make a big to-do over it, okay, because if you have a dog that is attached to you, and I'm not a trainer, okay, I'm just speaking from my experience, what I have seen in my practice and what I've experienced in my everyday life. But if you do have a dog that is attached to you um, and you make a big deal about it, they're not only hearing the words, they're hearing, feeling the emotion that's behind it. So sometimes when we're making a big deal, it's not happy, it's it's kind of worried, you know. So they're... Um, they will connect into our emotions and our feelings before the words. That's amazing. Okay. So we have okay. to make sure that our words are congruent with our feelings and our emotions. Oh. 
Very That's good. awesome. That, that is yeah. like, I'm pinging on that one. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. So I want to make a big deal of it because, you know, we they can also mirror back to us what we're feeling. So mm-hmm. um, which dog? I think it was Teddy for a little bit when I first got him. Um, he did have some anxiety when I would leave. So what I would end up doing, and this was on the advice of uh, – the animal communicator, and also with a different trainer that we worked with, was that um, when I left, I would give both of the dogs a job to do. And it's like, okay, guys, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go down to the grocery store. You know where it is, and I'm very practical about it. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm picking up, and then I'm going to go feed the horse, and then I'm going to be back. And, you know, I might get stuck in traffic or something, but if, I'm on my way back, so don't worry about it. Now, while I'm gone, what I would like you to do is, and then I gave each one of the dogs something they were very good at doing. And my dog, Emmy, was extremely good at looking out the window and barking at air. <laughs> So her job was to protect the house and bark if you see anything outside. And then Mm. Teddy's job was to just to watch over things and to watch over the cats and make sure that they stayed out of trouble. And his big job was to keep the house clean. Oh, okay. Yep. And so then um, when I would get home, it was not a big deal, even though, you know, like part of me on the inside was just going, oh, my gosh, I just want to see what they're doing, you know. (laughs) How did it go, guys? (laughs) But, you know, I just walk in very nonchalantly. Emmy, did you find any squirrels to bark at? Was there anything to bark at? And then I would just rely on the information that um, I received from her in my gut, you know. And then with Teddy, did you keep the house clean? And at the beginning, it was so cute because if he kept the house clean, he would literally prance and dance. He was one of those prancing, dancing dogs, you know, and he'd just oh, yeah. be so excited, and he'd literally lead me from room to room. Look, I kept this, this room clean and this room clean and this room clean. <laughs> and if he had an accident, he'd kind of hang his head like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's adorable. That's so awesome. <laughs> I could just sit and talk to you for hours about this stuff. This is so much fun. Isn't it so much fun? um, Let me ask you something. This is going to kind of switch gears. Um, How do do animals feel about being food for us? Mm, That's an excellent question. Um, And I'm going to tell you, it's hard. It's a hard question for me. Um, so I'm going to tell you my feelings on it and what I've received from the animals, okay? Okay. The animals, and living in a rural community, it's very difficult for me when I see these big 18-wheelers go by with the animals, and I hear their bleats oh. and their bellows, and it's oh. just, um, when the animals understand our need for food, um, what they don't understand is our need for mass food, which is actually killing the animals more than it is feeding us. Mm. And um, when, when, if you want to call it hunting, or if you want to call it when eating meat is done respectfully, mm-hmm. um, when killing the animal is done respectfully, and when they are thanked for how they are helping that, for how they are helping us, it does become part of the circle of life. Now, when you're talking about farm factories, when you're talking about, you know, things like that, that's not part of life. That's crazy. In my opinion, it's craziness. Yeah, I think most people do feel that, you know, even though we try to not think about it. But, you know, 
it's standard practice in native communities, um, you know, uh, American Indians, uh, Africans, you know, where they have to hunt for food. It's very common practice that they ask permission and they thank the animal spirit uh, before and after the kill and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, pray that uh, basically that the animal spirit is free and unfettered and everything's taken care of and respectfully, like you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the um, the local little hardware store that I was working at, you know, feed store, so they've got the, the chicks there and everything, and they were doing um, an experiment on, you know, two groups of chickens. One was being fed food A and the other one was being fed food B. And so part of my job there was taking care of the chicks. And, you know, I literally saw them when they were just like little baby chicks that had just been shipped um, from the hatchery, and that's another story in itself. Um, and then, you know, I, I changed their water, I gave them food, I watched them grow. And um, then right before I left the hardware store, um, the, the folks were talking about what they were going to do now is that the employees were going to have a barbecue. And they were going to see which animal tasted the best and it was just I could feel the bile rising in my throat and I just couldn't do it and I'm going can't do it I'm not going to be there for that because you know these chicks I'm talking to them like granted I only worked part-time but every time I'm there it's oh hi how's it going you know how's your food today how's your water what do you need from me today and a lot of times um Particularly in one of the groups, I would put my hand in the cage to change their water, take it out, or put some feed in there. And one of the chicks would come up and rub her beak against my hand. Aww. And I'm going, okay, I can't do that. And the, experience, the learning experience for me there was, okay, you know, this chick has, we're friends, we're buddies. Okay, I'm not going to eat my buddy. I just can't do it. Right. But where right. my mind turns off is when I go to the grocery store and I see the meat there, it's all just nicely packaged. And I don't make the yeah. connection that that came from the farm. So mm-hmm. that that's my next step. <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, my body truly, and I've tried to be, my body truly needs protein. Uh, but right. that is one of the things that I want to start changing is um, less meat protein and more different kinds of protein. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to give you a breath and we're going to take a quick break. Uh, okay. Stay tuned every time we come back. We're going to continue talking with Janet Roper, the animal communicator. Bella Spree is a free online magazine featuring columnists who are experts in their field. Bella Spree magazine covers topics about health and healing, spiritual growth, angels, inspiration, divination, and the paranormal. You can also receive guidance from our experts to your questions or follow your astrological and lunar forecast for the month ahead. Bella's Free Magazine is offered free online for your education and enjoyment at bellasfree.com. Bella's Free means beautiful spirit, and that represents each and every one of us. Their logo is the diamond because it represents the full soul quality. Like a diamond, each facet is unique, holding a beauty all its own. Each facet represents a different characteristic of who we are as individuals. And yet, when we look at the whole diamond, with its flaws and inclusions, we see the exquisiteness of the diamond in its entirety. 
the collective of the whole soul quality, demonstrating that even in its imperfections, it is still seen as beautiful. Bella's Free Magazine spreads love, truth, and awareness to the world, leading the diamond in the rough to healing and growing into the best diamond we are all meant to be. Visit Bellespree at bellespree.com. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-P-R-I-T dot com. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Learn more about Reverend Bell Salisbury, psychic medium and spiritual counselor at bellsalisbury.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. We are listening to, you are listening to the Bell Free Radio Show, and our special guest tonight is Janet Roper. So while we were on hold, Patrick and I were just talking about how awesome this conversation is. And Patrick, what were you going to bring up? Well, um, Janice, uh, or I'm sorry, Janet, right before we took a break, we were talking about uh, animals as food. And I I think we could all feel how... uh, we could feel your emotion about that, about talking about that. And I, but I want to thank you for going there and talking about that because I think it is very important. And I think we are seeing a shift in people's slowly, but surely people's shift in uh, the way they're feeling about how we're treating animals as food and the whole process. So I want to thank you for going there with us. You betcha. Patrick, can I say one more thing about that? Sure. Sure. Um, I think it's really important that we are conscious with our plant relations, too, okay, mm-hmm. that when we are eating them. Um, you know, so many people get upset because people eat meat. Like, I need, at this point in my life, I need that meat protein. My body does, uh, and I'm changing it. But, you know, as I change it and I start eating plants, I'm still eating a live sentient soul and so to be thankful for that plant and how it's helping me kind of thing because you know i was thinking about this oh this has been a while back but i was thinking truly i believe if we were to eat something that was not alive we'd be left with twinkies you know because there's so many sentient beings everything is a sentient being yeah that is so crazy you're saying that because we were just out yesterday with my dad mushroom hunting okay and you uh-huh. might have seen like, photos that I posted on Facebook of these magical mushrooms, the morels. Yeah, yeah. And it took us about a half an hour to find them. And and then, then we just, like, we got in, we just, like, got almost, like, obsessed. Oh, we got to find more. We got to find more. And I heard in my head, don't be greedy. And I'm yeah. like, who said that? And I'm like, the mushrooms are talking to me, and they're telling me not to be greedy to be thankful for those that we found it was enough for dinner i was like okay i'm respecting that we got to head out of the woods Mm -hmm. now you know (laughs) well and what i found was that you know once you start talking to the animals you know you're talking to like i say your neighborhood squirrel or your animal family or you know the snake that lives in your backyard or the raccoon that you see whatever the fish the, the lightning bug, okay? Well, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from there to start talking to the plants. You start talking to the rocks, you know. I I am, I love dragons, and people might think I'm crazy, but, you know, there are dragons that fly around my house and they protect me, and they're my buddies. Yeah. And so it's not only the animals we're talking about, it's all sentient souls. 
And the sentient souls also, in my experience and in my opinion, include the animals that we refer to as mythological. Right. Because they do exist in other dimensions, or they're just out of phase or something like that, you know? Well, you know, it's like we we decided at some point in our lives that, you know, dragons were the bad guys. And so we banned them. Well, we, yeah, we banned them, we killed them, and then they left, and now they're starting to come back. One thing that I find just totally fascinating is when you start looking at, like, pictures of dragons through the years, is that, you know, at first you see these little sweet cuddly dragons, you know, that like a little baby might sleep with or carry around, and, you know, they're they're just really adorable, and then they start to become bigger, and then they start to become bigger, and then they start to look more intense. And now as I look um, on on Facebook because I'm in a a couple of groups that you know work with dragons. Um, the dragons oh, cool. that are there are just amazing. I mean, they are incredible, and their power is just so magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I really think it helps for folks to think of them. Oh, they're dragons and they're scary. No, they're allies. You know, yeah. the mushrooms are your allies, and they were helping you by saying, "You've got enough. Don't be greedy." Wow. You know, and I t- I. I- Patrick, I think it was even as we were walking out of the woods or maybe it was on our drive home, I said, you know, it really made me think as a human how easily I can I can become greedy. You know, because here I was, I had this bountiful amount of mushrooms to feed us, but then I, it wasn't enough. All of a sudden it became not enough and I wanted more. And, you know, I think that comes unconsciously, and I'm speaking from for myself here, Lisa, that when I get in that mode, it beca- it comes from fear, fear of lack and fear that I won't be provided for. Mm. So it really throws me off my balance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, can you also talk to deceased animals? Yes, yes. Um, I, I really very much enjoy connecting with the deceased animals and, and their uh, humans that are still here on Earth and their other animal companions that are still here on Earth um, because to me it is such a, a magnificent and a glorious way to help the, the humans understand that once an animal has passed on that they're not just dead, gone, and buried kind of thing, you know, out of sight, out of mind, that they are still mm-hmm. with us, but they are just in a different form. And uh, so many animals, so many angel animals, as I call them, have told me, we're still here, we're just like in different clothes, what you hum- humans would call different clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just not wearing our, our physical clothes anymore, we're just wearing our angel clothes. And I'm really paraphrasing, you know, what, what they were telling me and everything, but one of the things that I find fascinating about working with angel animals is that, you know, they have, if you want to call it, ascended to heaven or whatever you want to call it. They're in the spiritual world. They're in a different place in the physical world. Well, our physical world is heavy with um, heavier vibrations, lower vibrations, because it's a 3D heavy physical world, okay? They have ascended to a lighter vibration. So when we start raising our vibrations, and I'm talking about us humans, when we start raising our vibrations um, by getting rid of any guilt we might have, by getting rid of any, um, you know, anything that would hold you back from connecting with that animal, that angel animal, we start raising our, um, our vibrations here on earth and we're getting closer to their angel vibrations and as we start getting closer to their angel vibrations then it's more likely of a chance that we're going to experience them again think of how many people have said i dreamed of my dog that died 
right. dreamed of my bird that died. You know, I wish, I wish that was true. Well, it is true. You did dream yep. of it, and that was your your beloved animal companion reaching out to you. That's so awesome. Now, mm-hmm. I want to make sure you know how to get a hold of you, and, and you have a special that you'd like to offer also. I do. I do. Um, the special that I would like to offer is for anyone who is interested in um, trying out animal communication. And what I am offering is one of my mini sessions, which is done by email. And it's usually $55. And tonight I am offering it to the Bell Spree audience for only $39. So it's a $16 savings. Oh. And all oh, you need to do is go to the site. And you will see book a session and then go to where it says email sessions. You'll see the picture. I think it's a little key cat. And you click on that. And when you get to the checkout, just enter the code BELLSPREE, B-E-L-L-E-S-P-R-I-T. And, and that, will, that is your $16 savings. Yeah. And it's good between now and Friday. Wonderful. And the to- that's talk. And the number two, theanimals.net. Okay, great. Yep. yep. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic offer. Well, so, you know, people can experience it, and they can also check in with their animals. And if they want help on how to deepen their um, relationship, you know, some tips on how to communicate with the animals, we can also use the session for that, too. So there's all kinds of ways we can use a mini session. Okay. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So. Give us an example of what might be one of your most memorable animal communication stories. <laughs> There's so many of them. Am I limited to just one? <laughs> <laughs> the one that came to mind when you said that is a little Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> and um, he, he had this bad habit, I mean, just as sweet as the day was long kind of thing, but he would have this little bad habit of every once in a while he'd be with his mom and all of a sudden he would just turn around and he would start snapping at her, you know? And so um, I I won't say his name on air, but he did not like his name. He didn't feel that it was fitting for him. And and this happened to be a communication that I did on site, okay, because it was a local communication. Usually my communications are via email, Skype, or phone. But anyway, I'm there on site. Every time she would call his name that he did not like, he would jump up and down, you know, like they tend to do. He'd be going, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell? (laughs) What the hell? I told her I don't like this. She's not paying attention to me. What the hell? (laughs) And, And he was saying it just like that, so I told her. But she was so attracted, attached to that name, that she she wasn't seeing things from his point of view. You know, so um, I'm not sure how the story ended. My last knowledge of it was that he still had the name he did not like. Aw. Aw. Yeah, yeah. I I have a dog that I I had named years ago for an inappropriate behavior that she has. She kind of likes to clean up the yard. And uh, I was told told years later that she did not care for her name. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know what she wants to be called? And they're like, well, you're just going to know, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. driving to work one. I'm driving to work one morning, and I'm hearing in my head, Pookie Bear, Pookie Bear. And I'm like, Pookie Bear? You seriously want to be called Pookie Bear? And just at that moment, up drives this big four-wheel drive truck. I mean, it's jacked way up off the, you know, off the wheels. 
And the license plate, Pookie. The license plate is Pookie. All righty then. So, you know, so every once in a while, I, again, I don't claim to be an animal communicator, but every once in a while, I can, I can get a clear hit like that. It's like, no doubt in my mind, she wanted to be called Pookie Bear and not the other name she's been called all these years. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I have to Google because you said they'll what drop they'll drop visions in your head, you know, of like a, an empty water bowl. Mine is the treat bowl. Like, are you serious? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like now I know why I keep seeing the treat bowl in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just want to insert here that you know we do have to use our our discretion too when they're saying like I need more treats. You know, right. it's like, oh, my gosh, I need more treats. My horse is so funny. He is 23 years old. He's, a, like I say, he's my my teacher. You know, he's my sage. One of my mentors said, he's just your horse spouse. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> but awesome. he has this really great trick that he does whenever people, boarders walk past his stall. He will literally, I don't know how he does this, he like collapses himself. Oh, so he looks emaciated. Okay, he's like 1,300 pounds. He's not emaciated in any stretch of the imagination. And then he'll just look at them like, oh, please, I haven't been fed for years, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Can I please? Please have your horse's treat. Well, these people fall for it, and they give him their horse's treat, which, of course, he eats because he was offered a treat, you know. And I can't tell you how many people have called me and said, your horse ate my horse's treat. And I'm going, why did you offer it to him? You know he does this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just his trick what he does. (laughs) Oh, for heaven's sake. Uh, Hey, Jenna, I've got something that I'm really curious about. Sure. Can you help? Could you can you help people connect with their uh, supposed mythological creature? Because I've got a unicorn, and its name is Silver Cloud, and people will okay, think awesome. I'm crazy. I hope no guys from work are listening to this. But I was wondering, can do you can you help people do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can have a conversation with you and Silver Cloud. See what's going on. See how Silver Cloud wants to connect with you. Okay, and oh, ways wow. that you can do it. You're already connected by the fact that, you know, you brought this up on national, actually not national, international radio. You brought it up, so you're already connected. Okay, so now it's just a matter of, I think, having more confidence in that connection and learning how to um, work within that connection. Seeing, you know, what Silver Cloud is asking of you and um, seeing what you're asking of Silver Cloud. Why did Silver Cloud come to you? Why yeah. Silver Cloud and not Red Dragon? Mm, interesting. Yeah. And I'm not, not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that is not your totem, okay? I'm just asking that question because I love playing the devil's advocate. So mm-hmm. there you go. Sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that re- that really is cool. I would mm-hmm. not have, I would not have thought that, you know, I would not have thought, I, I don't know, I don't know why, I, you know, animal communication, you just, you know, you just don't think that you're going to be, Talking to mythological yeah, creatures yeah. as well. Well, we've been sitting in restaurants and there's been a dragon on the roof or stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, people are going to think we're crazy, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've got a group of friends that you know we'll be talking, and all of a sudden, oh, did you? I'll say, did you see that blue dragon over there? Look at that blue dragon, and they just kind of like go on with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, so let me 
ask you a question because this, this just happens to bring up something that happened today. What do the four-legged think that that are domesticated? What do they think about grooming and being groomed? Because I just depends on the, the animal. Okay. It depends. Yeah, it depends on them on what they're looking for. Uh, I've talked to some dogs, and oh my gosh, they, particularly dogs. Okay, they are just a princess or, or a prince, and they want that grooming. And you know, I've got to have this color of collar, and this has got to be matching, and you need to carry me this way. I was talking to a little Chihuahua who wanted to be carried in a certain kind of purse. Okay, and I'm telling the owner, or not the owner, excuse me, not the owner, I don't like that word, telling the human companion that. And she's going, that means I have to go out and buy a new purse. I'm going, hmm, yeah, well, there you go. This is what your dog is asking for. <laughs> but um, some dogs don't like it. Like my dog, Max, um, he is petrified of water, and water was used in his not-so-good training before I got him, in his, oh. you know, icky training, shall we say, before I got him. So it's like if he's he's not going to get a bath, he's not going to take a bath, he's not going to go near water, he won't even walk in a water puddle, okay? Oh, so for him to, if I were to take him to the groomer, he's just petrified. I don't oh. even take him to the groomer to have his nails done. I take him into the vet. And, yes, I know it's more expensive, but I know he's more comfortable there. And my bottom line with all of this is always – if I take Max into the groomer and he's scared, what has that done to the relationship that I have worked so we both worked so hard to to build and everything? Yeah, right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's something else. You know, I just I just thought of something else. Was um, do you know humans? We have past lives. Do you believe that the dogs reincarnate as future pets or have been our past pets? Oh, yeah. I got a great story about that one, too. It involves my horse, Shiloh, and um, my cat, Shysters. (laughs) And Shysters became an angel animal many years, but he was another one of my guides and teachers. And very interestingly enough, um, Shysters bit me one day, and, you know, he had never done that. And I took care of the, the wound and everything. But what was really weird is that it would heal up, and then, like, the next season when it got dry, it would start to open up again. Okay, and I'm going, oh, this is just really weird. And, you know, I called the doctor, and they said, oh, you're not experiencing what you're experiencing. You know, that just doesn't happen. I'm going, well, I'm looking at my hand, and it does. So I talked to one of my mentors about it, and she said that what had actually happened was we're talking way long time ago, past lifetimes, okay, uh, the open steps of Russia, and I was a shaman, a woman shaman, and uh, the tribe was afraid of me because I was the only person who would ride a horse who happened to be my horse Shiloh. And so I was thrown out of the tribe and thrown into the, the on my own and everything. So Shiloh and I are riding along, and this big, big cat, you know, like saber-toothed tiger, um, it came and started to attack Shiloh. And I gave my life getting in between Shiloh and, and the cat. And so oh, wow. the three of us were together in this lifetime to work that back out. And what mm-hmm. was so fascinating about it was that once um, – my mentor helped me understand that lifetime and its implications on this lifetime. Never had a problem with that um, with my hand again. It was oh, just good as new. Oh, for heaven's sake! Yep, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And what I find oh, fascinating awesome. about it is both of those animals, um, shysters and Shiloh, in my present lifetime, both um, my my teachers and my soul guides, for different reasons. Mm. Oh, for heaven's mm-hmm. sake! That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever... yeah, it's crazy, but it's sane. 
It's normal. Right, right, right. It makes sense, yeah. Well, when our poodle decides to cross the Rainbow Bridge, he better get back here soon, or Lisa's just going to have a meltdown. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Gonna be ugly. You know, when I and and this is this was really hard for me when I, I had a golden retriever that was with me during some very difficult times in my life, and when it came time to make the decision to let her go, it, it was the hu- most humane thing to do is to assist her. And Absolutely. I I cried over her more than I have cried over losing some two-legged. I mean, I just mm-hmm. loved that dog. You know, I just mm-hmm. loved her so much. And I know it, now that I'm talking to you, I know that I probably didn't make it easy for her to leave because of my emotional state. But, you know. but you know, That may or may not be true. I wouldn't jump to that conclusion necessarily. Okay. okay. Yeah, she was fine with leaving. Uh, she gave me that message right away. But right yeah. after we buried her, we walked back in the house. She was she showed up in the basement. Mm-hmm. So we went down to the basement and we had a twenty minute conversation with the dog. And it was awesome. it was awesome. Yeah. So and then the dog joined me in the grocery store one day. It was it was it's just really awesome and wonderful. You know, yeah. and then she did well didn't she t- well, and I'm a channel of Gaia, so she came through that form of communication. Mm-hmm. And um <laughs> I wasn't done talking with her, and all of a sudden she was like, are we done now? I want to go play with the kids. Like the kids that were in I'm like, yeah, but Mommy really misses you, and come back and see me, you know. And she pops in every now and again. I, I, I know it's her. I just I just feel in my heart that it's her when she, when you know, when she, I just feel that wiggle, and, you know. Yeah. Just, you just, you know. God Good for you for being aware of that, you yeah. know, and as we're talking about that, and I, I'm sure you folks are aware, too, when you're using your intuition, what's really happening is you are getting to know yourself deeper and better and, you know, what ticks for you, what actually opens the door to intuition. So once you start opening that door to intuition and realizing what can possibly stand between you and using your intuition – you know, whether it's um, what route to take to work or connecting with animals, whatever it is, once you are open to that and start becoming aware of the, the blocks that are in between that, you can just turn those into stepping stones, and then you're just way cool on your way to talking with the animals. That's yeah. so awesome. Well, I encourage everybody listening that's interested in this topic, go to your website, and you have a heading called The Process of Animal Communication, and you yeah, have yeah. Uh, several stories in there where you're talking to dogs, to a stallion, and the one I found the most fascinating was a fly. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how the wisdom coming from these animals. I mean, this is, it's just crazy. They're not yeah. just, it's not just a goofy fly or a silly cat. I mean, these animals are absolutely intelligent, and they have such incredible messages of love and, and just, all kinds of amazing things. So I yeah. encourage everybody to go there and read those. They're, they're really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's one on there about a cat that I asked the cat's permission to talk with her. And I think she said, go away, I'm busy. I want to take a nap yeah. or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so if yeah. people are, you know, asking to talk to the animals and the animal says, go away, you know, they'll take it personally. <laughs> yeah. That's so what, my cat. So what, <laughs> so what do you do then? You tell the, the two-legged, I'm really sorry, but um, your cat doesn't want to communicate right now? Yeah, I do. 
I do. Because I look at it as my role is to be the translator between the cat or the animal and the human. And, you know, if the animal doesn't want to talk, they're they're not going to talk. And, you know, we need to respect that because we would not go up to a human in a coffee shop and demand that they talk to us if they were tired. Mm-hmm. And if they said, can we talk about this later? Mm-hmm. Oh, for yeah. heaven's sake. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even think about it that way. Yeah, yep. yeah. Hey, they've now, got you, their rights too. I tell you what, Janet, you have really opened my eyes to some different ways of thinking about my four leggings. I, I just... Awesome. This has awesome. just been wonderful. Well, you'll keep me posted on how everything goes now, won't you? We will, absolutely. Now, there's a book on your website, Opening the Door to Animal Communication. How do folks get a hold of that? Um, what they can do is they just go onto the website, and they go to um, book a session, and they scroll down, and you will see Opening the Door to Animal Communication. And that's actually um, a teleseminar uh, package that I did with colleague uh, Coriel Kramer. And what we did was it's, it's got the ebook, I think it's 26 pages, which gives you tips on how to connect with the animals. There's three, three or four MP3s. One of the MP3s is um, a meditation that helps you connect. And then there's like a tip sheet. You know, that just, you go down, this is what animal communication is, this is what animal communication is not. And there's also the code of ethics that is in the ebook. That is absolutely fantastic. So, so I can't, Jan, I can't tell you enough how, how, how fun this has been, how delightful it was to meet you in this way and to, to be a part of this, you know, show tonight. I just, I've learned so much from you <laughs> in such a short well, amount of time. When you have time. <laughs> I so appreciate you inviting me to be on here. This has just been a hoot and a holler. So much fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. <laughs> Tell everyone one more time how to get a hold of you. Talktotheanimals.net, and it's talk, the number two, theanimals.net, and you can get a hold of me there. I am Janet Roper on Facebook and Twitter. You'll also find Talk to the Animals, and again, it's Talk with the number two, the Animals, on Facebook and on Twitter. And if people want to sign up for my newsletter, all they have to do is go to the um, Talk to the Animals site. You'll see the sign up and just sign up. And when you sign up for the newsletter, you receive my free ebook listening so animals will talk. Oh, that's fantastic. We're doing it as soon as the show is off the air. Awesome. (laughs) Love it. We run out of time, folks. Again, I just want to thank everyone for listening in tonight. Thanks for everyone for joining us in chat. Uh, join us next week. We're going to have Desiree Sabo. She's a Dulles Free columnist and an adored angel. Uh, she will deliver messages from the angelic and spirit realms. She can shed light on any area of your life, whether you have questions about health, relationships, career, or finances. We also have other shows here on Blog Talk. Tuesdays, you can listen in to DC Love. Wednesdays, Bell Salisbury has a show, uh, I believe it's 7 p.m. Eastern. And then on Fridays, there is Live with Bell Salisbury at 8 o'clock Eastern. Just go to uh, Blog Talk Radio and type in Bell Esprit, B-E-L-L-E-S-P-R-I-T, and you can see all the different shows. Check out the archives. Do check out um, all the different shows. They're fantastic, the guests that we have on here weekly. Just learned so much from all of them. And again, Janet, we just have absolutely adored your energy, loved having you on tonight, and we just look so forward to uh, reaching out and speaking to you again. Bye, Janet. I'm looking forward to it also. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Have a good evening. 
Bye-bye. All right, good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Bella's Free Radio with your host, Gina Wedlake. Join us every Monday evening at 8 p.m. right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And be sure to visit us online at bellaspree.com. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-P-R-I-T dot com.